Welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast, where we learn the little changes that future-proof some of our favorite companies and teams. Here's your host, Eric Termundi. Chelsea Green, I am one of your biggest fans and supporters. It was a decade ago that we lived across the hall from each other at the University of Calgary <laughs> and how things have changed since then. Tell me why we're here today and what's happened over the past 10 years. Well, it's crazy because, oh my gosh, if I could have told myself 10 years ago when I lived across the hall from you that we would be having this conversation, my mind would have been blown. You know, you always look at somebody else and you see the positive in them and you see how amazing they are. And obviously myself and my roommates saw that in you and that's why we became friends. But I don't think you could have ever guessed that I would be in the position I'm in today, which obviously you know is a WWE wrestler. And I guess the crazy thing is I wish I could have told myself 10 years ago, Chelsea, the stuff you're doing now, of course it's important. School is important. You know, education is important. Getting jobs and making money, that's all important. But your life is going to change. You're going to be put through the ringer. You're not going to know what the hell you're doing for, you know, five years of the 10. And then all of a sudden the clouds are going to part and you're going to have clarity. And that's how I feel all of a sudden in the past five years, coming into this amazing world of wrestling and learning about Hollywood and acting and stunt doubling and all, all the ridiculous things I've done in these past five years, it's just, it's mind blowing. I feel like I'm truly the most me that I've ever been. And, and that's an awesome feeling to have. And if we speak in 10 years from now, I bet I will say the polar opposite and I will say, I had no idea what I was doing right. when I spoke to you last, and now I know, and, and now I, I see the world clearly, but right now I'm in such an awesome position, and I'm glad that we can kind of have this chat and talk about it. Oh, it's, it's amazing. You know, what, what I like most about what you said is that I'm the most me that I've been in the, in the past 10 years. What does that take? You know, what was the noise that you filtered away? What was the sort of clutter that you that you moved out of your way to, to get to where you are today? On a day-to-day basis, I deal with trying to be the most me. So although I feel totally myself and confident in who I am and what I'm doing, every single day I have to work on that. And that is kind of like shutting out social media. And, you know, I love posting on social media. I love interacting with the wrestling world and with the fitness world and with my friends. But you do have to keep your head on on straight and realize that what you're posting isn't always real life. And the comments that you're right. getting back, that, that does not mean that what they're saying is true. And, and you can't believe that kind of stuff. So right. to me, the key is just focusing on what makes me happy and what really on a day-to-day basis fulfills me, which right now is fitness and, and wrestling and pursuing something that I never thought I would be pursuing. Now, 10 years ago, neither you or I had a vision board on our dorm wall. I I don't know about you. I didn't have a a 10-year goal necessarily. Is it safe to say that you aren't exactly where you thought you'd be 10 years ago? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, and even if you spoke to my parents and my sister and my best friends, like none of us thought I would be here. And that's the beauty of this life is we stress so much in the moment about where we're going to be in five to 10 years, but 
there's no way of predicting what life throws at you, the right. good and the bad. And that's what has brought me to this point. Well, you know, and, and that's what I like to talk about on the One Degree Shifts podcast. It's, it's the little change that we make on a daily basis that ultimately shape our future. Now, research now is suggesting that we make 35,000 conscious or unconscious decisions every day from how tight we tie our shoes to how long we brush our teeth to how long we might go for a run or spend in the gym. 35,000 a day. Is, is there a point in the last 10 years where you've given yourself more freedom in the decisions that you make and the direction that you want to go that has played a factor in where you are today? Yeah, I think that the change for me was telling myself, you know what, it's okay to do something that is outside of your comfort zone. And it's okay to be embarrassed. A lot of times we don't do things because we're ashamed or scared of being embarrassed or scared of being held accountable or, you know, afraid to tell our family and friends that this is something that we want to do. And I am, that totally happened to me. But Every single time that I step outside of my comfort zone and I am a little embarrassed by what I'm doing, sure. I have made the most amazing changes to myself and in my life. And I, I'll never forget posting my very first picture on Instagram that was a little conceited. Like, you know, it was just me and my body and I had just finished working out and it was the first picture I took kind of like of my abs. And right. I was so embarrassed to post it, but I told myself, no, Chelsea, just do it because if you want to go into the fitness world, if you want to be someone on social media, if you want to make a change to yourself and your friends and, and the way that people view you, like you have to just, you have to make that leap. And I posted that ridiculously narcissistic picture, but from then on, everything I've done on social media has been easier. And the conversations I've had to have with my parents about wrestling and about why I post bikini pictures or why I'm doing this photo shoot and why I'm going out and meeting these people that they maybe don't understand the connection I have with them. It's all easier. And it just starts with that little change. Like stop being ashamed of who you want to be because you have to throw out who everyone thought you were mm -hmm. and just go for it. So let's talk about that. Versus like, who you think you are or who you are versus who you think you are. And I think there's a, there's a big identity question in there too. I mean, it's true that the world is viewed 7 billion different ways by each, of the person that, each person that views it. And so that would mean then that your identity changes from each person that perceives you. Who is then Chelsea Green and how are you able to really hone in on who you were? It's tough because what you said is so true. The people at work view me totally different than my girlfriends at home that I've been friends with for 20 some odd years. But that's where I'm trying to bridge that gap. I'm trying to be the same person with everyone, whether that's ridiculously honest or very outgoing, maybe a nicer person, a more driven person, someone that people look up to. I, I'm definitely trying to make sure that everyone is seeing me for who I want them to see me as. But it's really hard because we're put in situations at work that are totally different than our personal life. And, and that's where you need to just let go of what people thought you were. Let go of what you were in high school. You know, I wasn't the nicest person in high school, but I realized that in college 
and I changed that. And so everyone that met me in college and past that point, I think would see me as a totally different person than people who, who saw me as not a very nice person in high school. So that's kind of, it, it's tough. I think it's constantly changing and you know we just have to keep being true to ourselves what i'm hearing now is is a high degree of self-awareness of introspection of the ability to understand sort of where you are at any given time do you have any practices or habits i guess to create time to to have this self-awareness or reflection I think with wrestling, that has been huge for me because when I get into the ring, I have to be aware of myself, aware of what the audience thinks of me, aware of my opponent, physically, mentally. I have to be aware of what's coming next in the match and what the people in the back are thinking, what they would tell me to do in this situation. There's so many things going through my head. So that has really turned on that light bulb of, self-awareness and it's kind of now trickled into my everyday life which I love because I've never been as self-aware as I am now so for me it's not the tricks that I practice outside of work it's actually in the ring that really really has helped me so what would you say to someone who's in their metaphorical ring if they were looking to increase their self-awareness or increase their intentional decision-making, what advice would you give them to create that mental space to do that? Well, there's actually a really funny drill that a lot of, or game, I guess you could say, that a lot of actors do that I just learned this week, which I love. And what you do is you stand next to a partner or a couple people And you just dive into your own head. And as you're speaking, you say all the things that you're aware of. They're saying the same things too. You're aware of what they're saying, but you're also aware of your surroundings and how you feel. So you don't let what they're saying and what they're aware of affect you. So basically you do that for about three minutes and you say, I'm aware of the fact that I'm cold. I'm aware of the fact that someone walked in the room behind me. I'm aware of the fact that my throat is scratchy today. I'm aware of the fact that the lights are bright. And you just, for two minutes, it's all about self-awareness. And that was really eye-opening to me. It's such a silly, you know, an easy game, but it really does help. And that's just like one of the things that you could do that I think I will take with me from the acting classes that I've just done. I'll take with me and I might use that now in everyday life and that might help me that's amazing and what was that exercise like when you had someone doing the same thing beside you it's really tough you know because you're distracted and you're now thinking well what are they aware of are they judging me like you might hear them say i'm aware that chelsea is speaking to me i'm aware that chelsea is walking in circles and so you're hearing your name and you're you're wondering what they're thinking of you but you have to stay true to what you're aware of and what you're thinking and feeling and so it's it's really tricky but it's an awesome exercise to get you out of what everyone else is thinking and how you're feeling wow wow that's awesome what's coming next for you what what is i'm not going to say the next five years i mean i think we just agreed that you know the jury's out on what's going to happen in the next five years (laughs) what's going to happen in the next you know five weeks what are the changes what are you working on right now to get to get you to where you want to go well right now 
I'm coming back from an injury. I broke my arm. So I'm, I'm just getting back into the ring and getting going again. So I'm starting my, my short-term goals all over again. So, you know, I'm upping my fitness game. I'm trying to eat more. I'm trying to get as many wrestling matches I, as I possibly can. And hopefully with the amount of wrestling matches I'm getting, then that spirals into getting on TV, which then leads right. to kind of more long-term goals meaning the next year, maybe. So, so let's talk about that real quick, though, too, because I'm curious about, you know, what we've been talking about over the past few minutes is your ability to be self-aware, to, to make one-degree shifts, to sort of pivot on the fly so that you can be where you need to be. But, but now we're talking about longer-term goals, too. So, so what's your balance between setting a long-term goal or a long-term direction and having the ability to make changes on the fly? So I've been very lucky to learn with wrestling that things change within minutes. I've learned that the hard way by being thrown into a match that I wasn't ready for. And I've also learned that in amazing ways. And, I, and you know, I'll never forget, I was, in, I was in Los Angeles. I was at a cafe having breakfast by myself and I got a call from WWE and they said to me, Hey Chelsea, you know, we've just decided that you're just not a fit for us right now. You know, we think that you need to improve your wrestling and maybe we'll give you a call in a couple of years, but it's just not right at the moment. And I was so upset. And then within about 20 minutes, I got a call from another company telling me that they wanted me to come in and main event their <laughs> biggest show. So to me, that was the ultimate pivot on the fly. Holy cow, you know, one dream just went down the drain momentarily, but another that I didn't even know existed just fell right into my lap. Right. So it's crazy. I'm, I'm learning to deal with these changes as they come, but also stay focused on whatever the end goal is, you know? And like, like I said before, you know, the five-year thing, it's a little much because so much can change in five years. But yeah. I like to focus on the next year. I can kind of map out the next year. I've got my, you know, my calendar, my planner that I can kind of write stuff down and decide, okay, here are my personal timelines. And I know that things are going to change. And I know that I can, I can totally work with that. But if my direction is not continuing on the path that I want it to go, what are the changes I'm going to make? Who am I going to talk to? What, I'm, what am I going to do to try to get myself to those goals? And that's why I think a year of planning is the perfect amount to me. We can all plan for a year. And if stuff changes, you know, it's just a year. But it sounds to me too, it's more for you about the process than it is about the outcome. Because I mean, if you're dedicating yourself to the process, an inevitable positive outcome has to present itself, correct? Yes. And, and it's just like with working out, it's not about the end goal. There is no end goal. You mm -hmm. know, like we have to stop focusing on this one end goal. That is something I've learned in the past five years mm -hmm. is you focus on this goal and then you miss out on all the other amazing opportunities that are thrown at you because you're so hypersensitive to one thing that you want. We have to open our eyes to all the other amazing things that are going to come along that path. Right. We talk a lot about finish lines. You know, perhaps, perhaps there isn't a finish line. No, I really think that there isn't a finish line. But we're and also not necessarily in a race, too, because even if you're competing with somebody else to get on TV or to get to that next stage, really, unless you're the best version of yourself, it's not going to happen. Is that fair to say? 
100%. And that's where in any field, you need to focus on yourself and not focus on all your competition or not focus mm-hmm. on your coworker who is getting the rewards you want. Sure. Who cares about what they're getting and good for them. You, you know, you should, you should totally be happy for their success. Even if that's what you want, you should right. look at them and decide, okay, what is it that they're doing to succeed? And now how can I do that tenfold? Right. I love that. You see, what I love about this conversation is while we're having a conversation about wrestling, this conversation is about entrepreneurship. This conversation is about the world of work. This conversation Mm -hmm. is about athletics. This conversation Mm -hmm. is about the life that we're living. As perhaps a, a final question, then I'll give you a chance to share any other thoughts that you might have. You talked a lot about being vulnerable, taking that first step, whether it be into the ring or onto social media, and the sort of internal battle that you faced around identity and and otherwise you know what would you say to somebody who's on the edge of making that one degree shift but just hasn't been able to pull the trigger hit send take that leap just yet what would you encourage them to or how would you encourage them to to make that step it's easier said than done but you need to get out of your head you just need to do it you need to take that leap of faith because there's not one person in the world succeeding that didn't just put their fears aside and just do it and i promise you no matter what happens whether you get the job or you don't get the job or turns out the way you want or it didn't it's going to make a difference in your life to just take that leap of faith and start small you don't need to start you don't need to do something crazy you just need to start small and make little changes and stop being so afraid and embarrassed perhaps some some one degree shifts yeah (laughs) Chelsea is there anything else that you want to share with us today I just want everyone to know that this is totally not something I imagined myself doing but you know because I totally embraced the opportunities that were thrown my way I now have a resume that I'm so proud of you know at 28 years old I've done stunt doubling I've been in commercials and movies and these are things that I didn't think was going to happen 10 years ago when I was bartending and drunk every night things can change and You just have to allow things to change. Just be open to it. Be open-minded. Well, Charles, I mean, for the past decade, you've had a fan and a friend in me. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you later this year. And thank you so much for your time today. Yay. Thank you so much, Eric. I can't wait to see you. Talk to you soon. Bye. For more podcasts, show notes, and to connect with our speaker today, visit ericturmundi.com. That's E-R-I-C-T-E-R-M-U-E-N-D-E.com. And click the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.